Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsay. Hey, real quick before you watch the video. Are you looking for the most effective and affordable real estate sales training and coaching on the planet? Well, go to fearlessagent.com and check it out today. Enjoy the video. Hey guys, it's Colton Lindsay. Oh, fuck, I started early and I said the F word to start it. Hey guys, it's Colton Lindsay here with Winning the Inner Game on the Winning Series interviews. Hey, I got a superstar on here today. Before I get to him, I just want to remind you guys to go do uh, check out two different products that I highly, highly recommend. As first is go to fearlessagent.com. Make sure you guys can check that out. Get into the coaching and training program immediately. It's changed my life and it's changing the lives of probably about 25 to 30 agents every single month that are just blowing up to a new level. Also, if you guys haven't checked out Mojo Dialer, you should definitely get in with Mojo because you cannot be in the real estate business without that. Okay, guys, so stepping up today, I want to introduce you guys to someone that is one of North America's top prospecting agents. How would you like to be able to easily set qualified listing points with more expireds, more FISBOs, and just the people you talk to? Well, today, you're going to learn from one of the world's very best, Mr. Sold, Derek Lipsky. Welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? What up, Colton? <laughs> That's Derek Lipsky for you. Closing another deal. Derek, so welcome. How you been, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm trying to make it happen. You know what I mean? Life yeah. So life can't get better. That's good to hear. So you've been through obviously some personal challenges the last year and a half and still managed to push through into this business. I think a lot of people see your videos and probably just think that it's life is a piece of cake and that business is a piece of cake and there's no challenges. Is that is that the reality of how life and business is? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Tell us more. Well, no, it ain't like that, man. It's hard. It's a struggle, man. You know what I mean? Listen, it's a struggle without having that exterior stuff uh, affecting your business anyways. And then to have that extra pressure and people telling you, from every training seminar that I was, leave that at the front door when you walk in. You try to leave that at the front door when you walk in the business. It's not easy, man. That's stuff's on your mind 24-7, you know? Um, especially when it's a life-changing thing. This stuff, this stuff can drive you batty, you know? Well, and the reality of this, one thing that I've learned, I've been in the real estate business for 10 years, that no matter how perfect you plan out the next, let's say 2016 to be, or 2015, or whatever the next year is, you plan it out to look perfect, right? And then just shit fucking happens at least one major colossal piece of shit happens am i right or right with that Dude, it, yeah absolutely life gets in the way and you know you have a plan and god has a plan for you and you want to go this way and god's like i have you to follow my hand it's gonna go the way i want it to go and it goes that way you know and there's ups and downs you try to learn from it like i learned a lot from this this thing that i went through you know it changed my life and it, it did a lot of things positive for me but it also did a lot of things negative you know i, I pretty much lost everything so it's basically one of, the, one of the fish out of water stories where I have to rebuild everything, everything, including, most importantly, my mindset, which is one of the main things you have to focus on right away and then continue to do your business. So I want to come back to this topic a little bit and really from one of our conversations we had the day of or the other day about how you've really come closer to God over this, you know, whole, your whole life and, and things you've gone through in the last while. Before that, take maybe 60 to 90 seconds and Give us from where you're at today, how you got to where you're at in your business and to where everyone knows Mr. Sold and Derek Lipsky. So from what drove you to get into real estate, how did you become one of the, the top prospectors and, and how did you become 
Mr. Sold? All right. So good question. So um, I graduated college. I was bartending. I had a degree in accounting. I worked three jobs for myself through college. Um, got in. I was, in other words, dating this chick. Your best friend was a realtor. She's like, oh, you could probably sell stuff too, and you should try it. Have you ever t- tried selling anything? And I was like, you mean legal or illegal stuff? He <laughs> said, you should get sales. So I went into, I, I was like, all right. So I, I tried getting real estate. My first year as an accountant with a, with a degree, I was working 70 hours a week. I think I made uh, 38000 for the year, and they worked the shit out of me. Um, the first year in real estate, I did it part-time, and I I think I did 45000 and I only worked a few hours out of the week, and I was like, oh, there's a difference here. So the second year, I went into it a little bit more, and I was just doing buyers, and I did about hundred k. The third year, I got over 200 I'm like, dude, this is a no-brainer. Like, I have a degree in this, but this is what's paying the bills. So the whole point of how I got there was I wanted it. So I, I wanted it. Once I got that first taste of that money, man, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a powerful drug. And you get a taste of that. You're like, I want more. I want more. How do I get more? And when you're young and aggressive, it's the best time to go out there and just make a name for yourself. So I started going to doors, knocking on them, expired, not even knowing what to say. Before this was pre-Mike Ferry, anybody. I didn't, for me, they were already out, but I didn't know them. I'm like, hey, your home didn't sell. Uh, what happened? You know, so I was already doing it without even knowing. And then when my buddy came to my office, who was in Ferry, he started doing it. And I was like, oh, you got scripts? Oh, you make phone calls? I was like, this is awesome. So I got, I, I, I dove right into it, two feet, man, full immersion. Where the, after my first event, in fact, it's funny, my first Mike Ferry event, I, my, you know, if you, if you're, if you're in coaching, go for free. I didn't have a ton of money at the time. So I went under my friend's name because he wasn't going to go. So I said, oh yeah, I'm Jerry Parent. <laughs> I had his business. <laughs> I'm going to like it. And it was in New York City. And I remember I saw Ron, uh, uh, Ron, who, who happens to be Mike Ferry's son-in-law, uh, Cronin. I was like, dude, I like that guy on stage. I want to do this. I signed up for coaching that day and I wanted him to be my coach. And, um, after that, man, I just started diving right into it and just, you know, coaching for multiple years, calling, calling, calling. And at that time, no one was really doing it. These videos that we do, there was nothing like that around. You had to basically learn from what they had and just kind of figure it out, trial and error. Um, and so I just got- What year was this? What year was it that you, what year did you get into a coaching or training program? Uh, how to be 04. Yeah, 2004. 2004, yeah. Did about 10 years training with those guys, um, just harnessing my stuff. When I really started to become Mr. Soul was when I really decided to get into some MLP. I really upped my script partners. I went from role-playing five times a week to role-playing 10 times a week. And that's one of the, one of the reasons we started getting a told of each other in 2010 and 11. Because you saw the videos. I saw your videos. I go, oh, I had someone who was making videos just like me. And uh, you were doing it for sale by owner. You weren't really dabbling. expired. I hated his bows. I never want to do it. Then I saw you do it, and I go, oh, this guy can teach me something. And I think we kind of gave each other a little piece of the other side going, ah, oh, this is a little different here, you know? And uh, everyone ever asked me, like, how'd you learn to get so good at Fizzbowls? I'm like, Colton Lindsay, man. He just, you know, he, I was always doing this. I didn't like this script. You know, here's a, you know, I'll come back. And I don't even know that, that, you know, I'm doing a survey. I didn't like that whole thing. I want to go there and close them. And I saw you doing it and go, dude, why didn't I think of that? This is the same language. Just tweaked a little bit, you know? But I was yeah. Like, and then I just started getting that, you know, 10 role plays, East Coast and West Coast, started getting sharper and sharper, and boom, man, just kind of went off from there. So why, why you mentioned East Coast, West Coast, and your role play partners, what, what was the value with that? 
All right, so East Coast is very like me. It's very you know hard, quick closes, bulldog style. West Coast is more kind of laid back and like yeah man, and it just you still close. I'm not taking anything away from you guys, but just a lot softer close and it's more friendly. Um, so when I had East Coast and West Coast, I'd make a blend, and that's what you hear in those videos. Is my blended version of both of those. So it's a little a little dabble of both, you know. Well, and that comes back to with NLP and personality profiles and be able to identify what type of person you have on the phone and then, then adapt with that in your language. So nice. I like that. So now you know, you're uh, moving forward. Two thousand, you, you trained for them with, uh, with Mike Ferry for about 10 years. What do you think over that 10 years that new agents now have an advantage of that maybe an agent like in the early 2000s really didn't have – to take advantage of, well, I if think, that makes sense. I think different kind of coaching. So it's not just this way. See, the, the Mike is a great guy. I never took anything from his company. Listen, they gave me the framework to start all this, but what they don't teach you is what goes in between those lines, right? When you ask a certain question, they don't teach you the in-between lines. You have to learn that yourself. Like that's the basic structure of the conversation, but it's the dialogue in between that makes it a conversation, right? So, and now with these videos and the ones I created where you can actually see, like if someone says this, how do you take them down? You say A, B, and C, and you say it like this. I didn't have that then. We didn't have that. You know how people tell me now, like, thanks for your video. Like, I was so scared to do expires. I didn't even know how to do it. But after seeing you, I called and I got three appointments. You know, I'm like, wow. Well, and that's where you just don't know what you don't know, right? And when there's only – and, like, not to take anything away, like you said, from the Mike Fair organization because, I mean, they've been around for 40 years, right? right? But – now you've got the availability through YouTube, your know, Facebook groups, um, you know, teleseminars are, are huge now, right? You've got so many different angles with which you can learn that, like you said, you can see in between the lines. You know, it's funny because I have, I've been to, uh, I think, two Mike Ferry events. I haven't really trained a lot with them at all, but the two I've been to, it seems like uh, two things that, I, one thing I always disagreed with is that he says 35, 25 to 35% of your business should come from your SOI and referrals. Everything else should be FISBOs or expireds and, and new incoming business. And I always thought that was really stupid, right? I was just thinking, well, if I could build a business that is a lot easier to generate, wouldn't that make sense? And you get someone big up on stage like Mike Darda or, you know, what's her name? Lucy from, from uh, Ohio, right? These guys doing two, 300 deals a year themselves. They're obviously not just fucking calling FISBOs and expireds. True or true. I mean, they got to be calling something else. That's the thing. They don't tell you about that kind of stuff. You know, they don't tell you that they're running billboard ads. They're doing TV spots. They're doing mail outs. You know, they're hammering their SOI and stuff like that. They don't tell you that because I don't think Mike wants them to say that on stage. Okay, he wants to push his product. And that, that's what he should do. That's his, you know, but at the same point. Yeah, it's, a, it's his business. Absolutely. However, the one thing, the message that, you know, is I, I believe in creating massive value for everyone and, people can count on me to empower them. I just invite others to do the same with the new platform of YouTube and social media. I just think that there's so much opportunity for new agents. So what is the one lesson, the one thing that in the last, you're almost what, 15 years in the business? Yeah. Yeah. You are 15 years. You old son of a gun, 15 years. In the, so how old were you? 25 when you got started? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're getting old, dude. Old guy. <laughs> So in 15 years, if there was one lesson that could make or break your entire business, that if you were a new agent, you could go back to Derek Lipsky 15 years ago and say, hey, Derek, freaking do this, what would that one thing you tell Derek 15 years ago? 
question. The one thing. Um, I, I guess I, I guess it'd just be. I mean, it'd probably be a couple things, but I guess the main thing would be, you know, keep making the phone calls. Toss your, toss your balls off. If you have nothing, if you have nothing else to do, you should have no problem making these these fucking phone calls, dude. Like, you got to be making these calls. Like, this is not this is not fun and games. Like, I coach people, and they do. Oh, I did three this week, and I, I I did ten, and I'm like, dude, I'm doing fifty a day. Are you shitting me? I get it done in four hours, and you you tell me you have struggled with ten. Well, I don't know the number. Find the numbers. The expires, the sale by owners, your database, just as just sold. Like, there's more than enough numbers to call anytime. So it's just it's a numbers game, man. You got to pound it. You know what I mean? And really sharpen your ass every day. You know, the guys. If you ever watch those, I don't know if you ever watch those lumberjack competitions. They have these guys who chop the trees, and they have these two guys. One guy uses this as fucking whack, 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 and he just keeps going at it. And you have another guy who's hitting it like five times, stopping, chopping his axe, boom, 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 chopping his axe, boom, boom, boom. And the guy, you think the guy who was just continually whacking it would win, but it's a sharp axe, man. Cut that tree down quicker. So you've got to get that skill set sharp. Yeah, you would think the guy that is continually whacking it would win, but the guy that, that sharpens it, he usually comes out on top, right? It's just weird. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. How that works. So anyways, uh, moving forward then, so that would be it, prospect. And, you know, today with the way um, you've got Mojo, you've got Cole's Realty Source, which has been around a long time, you've got so many different places to get phone numbers. There shouldn't be an excuse of, oh, I don't have phone numbers, right? If you don't have phone numbers, it's just you coming up with an excuse, right? Right. Cool. So tell us a little bit of um, kind of what, where was your best year in, in real estate? I think there was one month. Didn't you take like 37 listings in one month or something crazy like that? I went, I, I went on 31 appointments and took 27 of them. That was a January. 27 of them. And, and so tell us about that because I remember that story very, very. That day, so it should be known that obviously if you're a realtor and you're about making money, um, you know, it's nice to go out on New Year's Eve and party your ass off. It's another thing to be professional and go, you know what? I can do that any other day, any other Friday or Saturday of the week. I got to make sure I'm focused because January 1 is the biggest day for expired. So I got to be focused, razor sharp, in here early, phone numbers up, deleting stuff that's crap, and getting on the phone. So that's what I did that January 1st. And I think I had, I don't know, it was two, three hundred leads. I went through the whole thing. Now, I didn't get all 31 appointments that day. I think that day I booked nine appointments. But within that month, calling all those expires from the first and going on appointments, it was like 31 appointments total and 27 listed with me. So you can imagine that come March and April of that year, it was like, I was like, let's do this. I'm buying a new house. You know, so a lot of money. It's like it was just sitting there waiting for me. And I got to be honest with you, there's probably only one maybe two people in this office that whole day besides me, you know? Okay. So 30, 31 appointments gone on 27 appointments list, uh, 27 listed, right? So tell us about the, the growth of your business. When did it reach the peak and what did it look like when you're in your peak of, of the Mr. Sold? I mean, uh, I think like everybody else, Oh six, you know, you, you had the peak of the market and house was on for top dollar. It just, you could just make it happen. And it was, it just happened like, you know, you didn't have to be good. It just happened. You know what I mean? It's nice to have a skill set so it was up and having a, a focus of where you want to go. But just like everybody else, after 06, it sort of came down and come back. To, it, it comes back in waves. Do you know what I mean? But the, the constant of, of the business that we're in, besides like most guys dying, if you prospect, you can kind of control. We talked about this before. You can control your time. 
you don't have to live and die by your phone. You know what I mean? Like when I go home, I put this thing down. I don't need to keep it on or even pay attention to it because I set my own appointments. I don't have to worry about that. My listings are being shown by buyer's agents. Do you know what I mean? I put the work in in the morning and I do my appointments in the afternoon and I come home and live a normal life. I mean, I still come in on Saturdays. I don't work Sundays and I make, I make a good living at doing that. So tell us about what, when, when you were doing, uh, at that time frame, 2006, 2007, what, what was the peak? How many deals per year you were doing? Did you have staff? Did you not have staff? Did you, was it just yourself? I pretty much have always never, never really been a team, the team model. I don't have a big thing. I think at the peak of it, I was probably around 60 deals, which was a lot for me here to handle for one guy. Uh, having, I always have an assistant, you know, uh, come and go, whether it be an assistant or an in-office assistant. I uh, typically don't have, I might have a couple agents I would give buyer leads to if I don't want to do them, but typically I'm a big listing guy. I mean, I focus 80% of my business is listings, 20% is buyers. So what does 60 deals create in income? Uh, that year was a little over 300. Okay. So one of the challenges that I think if there's agents listening or, or to watch this in the future that are from Massachusetts, one of the things there is a lot of agents are great at discounting their commissions. Is that right? Dude, most listings here are 4%. If you look at MLS, it's 4%. Of 80 to 90% of the listings are 4%. For me to get five is crazy, but for me to get six, like I'm known for getting six and sometimes even seven, it's like people are like, oh, how did you do that? How does that happen? You, you're ripping them off. I'm like, yeah, I'm ripping them off. I got the home sold for 20 grand over asking in 28 days, and I'm ripping them off. <laughs> So what is the difference in, you know, when there's a, a general uh, belief system in all the agents to do a 4% listing, what's the difference to get 2 3% higher in commission? How is that even possible? Well, I think it comes down to skill set uh, for yourself, you know, in your scripts and dialogue and also getting the seller on your team motivated to want to do that. Like, hey, listen, we can do this and offer the same commission or we can offer a bit more and entice the agents who have legitimate buyers to even look at your property versus going to the competition. And at the end of the day, do you want more buyers here or less buyers? I want more. Well, do you think we should try the 6% or go with the normal five? I mean, I don't even put four on this. It's ridiculous. So with these agents that are taking four and 5%, are they splitting them two and two, two and a half, two and a half? Is that how it looks? Yep. Exactly. Okay. So they're not even, and then when you come in at six then obviously you're offering 3% and 3%, so that you're 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 still making more, and the other agents more enticed to come show that listing. So then ultimately they're getting sold for higher, right? Okay, cool. So moving forward, then, what does your business look like today? That has has anything changed? Is it still the same model, or where are you looking at today? Yeah, no, it's pretty much the same model. I mean, I I just recently got through the divorce, so that was the last couple of years has been hell of closing moves. But since September, I finished the trial, so it's September come over. I just started going back up. You know what I mean? So I think in September I took 10 listings alone that one month. Um, so so, so September you took September you took 10 listings, is that right? Yeah. Uh, so so what changed from August to September? Expires. Sorry, you cut out, was that expired? Eight of them were expired. Eight of them were expired. So what changed from August to September? Uh, for me, I got that weight off my shoulders. So that's what it was. I mean, I could have done that probably every month, but with with having trial and, and you know, losing everything and you know having the family go through stuff and just really life being chaotic, just every night waking up in cold sweats and you know just trying to figure out what where you where you are, uh, it's just hard to focus at work. You know, I was here and I was I never not made my calls. Every day I made the calls, just they weren't effective because I wasn't in the right mindset. Like I was here physically, 
but my brain was two blocks behind me, you know? So how important is it for the agents out there watching to make sure that not only are you on your calls, but you're on your A game when you're making your calls, you're there, you're present, you're, you're, you're fully focused. Yeah. I mean, that's money time. So you have to be doing that. You don't have to call for yourself. You gotta get, you gotta be on there. You gotta have you know, the best foot forward, you know, have your, have your routine set up so that every day it's just, it is what it is. Like every morning I get in, it's the same thing. I get up, I go to the gym. By the time I get back, I'm in the office by about eight, eight thirty. I have my, you know, I have a little Red Bull. I have the water. I have an orange. I have some eggs. And I just get on the phone and go to 12, maybe 1231, depending on how many calls I want to make that day. I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that recognize, I mean, recognize there's a, a lot of agents go through life trials, you know, whether it's, it's a death in the family, whether it's a divorce, which that is very common, whether it's stupid decisions that make some financial stress, whatever it is. Yeah. So I, 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 that's not really a topic that's ever talked about. It's like you said, leave that at the doorstep. That's what you're told. And it's not all always yeah, it's not always that easy to leave it at the doorstep. So what are some of the things that you were able to learn through that growing experience in order to, to just pretty much fight every single day to, to just move forward? Honestly, Colton, um, I'd love to give you guys some kind of inspirational word that made it go, all right, if you did that, I can do that. Honestly, there was nothing I could do. I, I worked, I showed up every day. The only thing I could hold on to to keep me sane from losing it was keep myself busy. For me, it was come in here and make these phone calls. So every day people were like, damn it. You're making these phone calls. And back then, early in the year, I wasn't doing a lot of business, but I showed up every day. People were like, why are you making phone calls? You should try doing this. You should do this. And all the naysayers. I was like, listen, I got a plan. I know what I'm doing. I'm sticking to it. I don't care if it doesn't work. I know it will work. I'm going to stick to my guns, and I'm going to come in here every day and make phone calls. And every day I came in here, because it's what kept me sane. But it was tough, man. And it, it's weird that as soon as that thing got over and that weight was off my shoulders, I started I started actually being effective again. And I didn't change anything. I didn't go, okay, now I did plan B and all of a sudden it's going crazy. It just that got over. So it was off my plate. Um, some people can let go of that stuff at the door. Personally, I couldn't. It just it just bothered me all the time, all the time. Um, but as soon as it got over, it started getting better. And I got a feeling 2016 is going to be fucking nuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I got a feeling it's going to be an amazing year for Mr. Lipsky. One of the th things that you you said that reminds me of, if you ever read that book by Dale Carnegie, uh, uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, one of my favorite books of all time, he talks about how a lot of men get over worry is by staying busy, by doing something. So that was one of the things that you did is you just stayed busy with what you knew how to do, and that was making phone calls. So you had your plan. And you followed the plan, you trusted the plan would work out. And then all of a sudden, boom, it snapped in 10 listings in one month. How is your business? The other day we were chatting on the phone. What's your December and January, or maybe it's your January, February looking like as far as commissions being paid? Uh, December, January, looking at close to 70 grand within the next 30, 45 days. Those, and, those, and how does that make those, you? Those, those 10 listings closing. Because remember, out here, the, and how, the average price is 200 grand. It's not all, you know, you got to do a shitload of them, you know what I mean? So how has that affected your mindset knowing that you got 70 grand coming in? It's, it's good. It's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I roll back in December with KW, um, but that's pretty much going to be paid for me. So I know going into like December one's my cutoff date where I start over again. So it's nice to be going to the spring market at a hundred percent, you know? You know what I've noticed about a lot of the top producers that are on, on the winning series interviews and even a lot of interviews, they all come from Keller Williams. What's up with that? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea, dude. You know, it just, it is what it is. You know, it's funny because people ask me stuff all the time. They're like, K 
can I ask you a question? And I just want to let you know up front, I'm not with Keller Williams. I'm like, I don't care where you're from. Like, I'll answer whatever you <laughs> want, dude, whatever. Dude, the, the thing about Keller Williams is we've got the Kool-Aid here, right? And once you take that sip, it's like you're in. You're in the family. I think that's part of what it is, is the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I mean, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid now for eight months, and it's just, like, so delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, you didn't know I'm back at KW, dude? Yeah, I'm at KW. You're back, and you're going ham, and Colton Lindsay Enterprises. I don't know what's going on. You just, all you know is you're making money. Making money. Like, making dude, that's all that matters. That's all that matters is you're making money, right? Like, I, 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 that's a topic I want to touch on. Like, if anyone says that you're here to change the world, it's a fucking lie. You're here to make a lot of money. And in the process, you can empower a lot of people. But ultimately, you're not doing this for free, right? It's like Ben Affleck says, man. I'm here to save the fucking whales, guys. We're here to make money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's... I, Literally, okay. So let's tie into that topic of which, which you know, I've had a few people on here that really delve into this, and some people are kind of evasive with this question. And I know you're going to be more. I I expect you to be more open with it. Is is the subject and topic of your relationship with God? Tell me about that. I know you mentioned that the other day. Share with us a little bit about what your your relationship with God is, how that's empowered you as an individual, personally, and with your business. Good question. Um, so I got after the divorce, I was kind of struggling uh, with the divorce and what's going on and kind of not knowing what to do. And, uh, you know, just getting depressed, man. It's a depressing thing. And it's hard to even admit that, you know. Um, but yeah, you, you know, go through depression on that. You see bad things happening and you're like, man, and you're losing everything and your business goes down. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're up high and you're, and you're doing a lot of business and people affect you and you lose that, you feel like less of a man. That's part of you. And you're not as good producer. You go from being like the number one, number two guy in the company to being number 13 or 14. You're like, how does this happen? Um, so it takes away part of you, plus you're losing everything else. Um, and it just became that kid that just pulls at your heartstrings all the time. So it's a tough thing to go through. It's, it's, it's really, it was a hard thing to go through. Um, but so then I found God, and I, and I actually was dating a girl at the time. And she liked to go to church. And I, I didn't like the Catholic church. I grew up on that. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I didn't like that. Um, so I said, I'll go to church with you, but I want to try something that's more fun. So we went to a Christian church and we had to go like five or six years before we found the church that we go to now. Um, but it was really cool, man. Like, you know, you get in there and it's almost like a mini, it, it's the one I go to now, it starts with like a live band and lights. It's like a Zach Brown concert. And then the, then the pastor comes in and he's like a Tony Robbins guy. Like, he's like, Hey, listen, here's a message for today. Here's how it relates to real, real world. Like if you're on Facebook and this is going on, you should probably, you know, he just relates it to current modern stuff. So it's not like a weird sermon for like 90 year olds. It's like modern life stuff and everyone's young with good energy and you get a positive message. Plus Joe Olsky, man, I can't say enough about that guy. Like, honestly, he's able to take scripture and I'm not even, like, I couldn't, I couldn't quote you one scripture. I don't know any scriptures at all. You know what I mean? Like, except for like the Hail Mary and all that kind of stuff. But, like, he tells you stuff. And I listen to it every day, XM Radio, every day. Well, I don't care where I am. I don't put anything else on but Joel. And every morning I hear a message, man. Like, um, today's message was, and I think I put it up on Facebook, um, you know, say hi to the people that are invisible. They're not invisible. They're invaluable. You know, the people that are bagging your groceries, the people that are, um, you know, bringing oil to your house for heat, the people that are getting the carriages at the shopping mall, like, these are the people that without them, we'd have a hard time. So it's nice to go up to them and say, hey, thanks for getting that. I appreciate it. Thank, or thank you for being part of this heating system that helps keep my house warm. Like it, 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 a lot of times you hear people and you're like, oh, this person can't help me. So I'll, I'll discount them. 
but literally they put me they put me in a place for a reason to talk to them. So all that's helped my relationship with God and just sort of letting go of a lot of stuff going, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what you want me to do, but I'll tell you what, I'm putting my life in your hands and you guide me the way you want me to go. And since I've done that, it's just gotten better. One of the things that, uh, I can't remember, what, it was earlier this year, you were here in Salt Lake, right? At uh, speaking for for Red X, which by the way, are, are you? did you say you're coming out again soon? Yeah, we're going to go up there next year. And uh, we're going to go fishing with the owner, Mark. Wicked nice guy. I'll go come with us and check it out, man. Do you know? Do you know when that is? No, not yet. So probably closer to spring, summertime if we go fishing. Then, because uh, I doubt, I doubt you. Yeah, who wants to go ice fishing? You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe someone does. But one of the things I really noticed pretty quickly with you, and, and you noticed in in Salt Lake, there seems to be a lot of of panhandlers here in Salt Lake, right? And um, well, it seems like never been there it's this huge thing but when you look at it you're like it's only like eight blocks square 10 blocks square it's not a huge city yeah yeah it's not big at all and uh, that was one of the things it seems like you always had money for like every panhandler is that something that you had just have always done in your life just to give or or is it like as you got closer to god again is it something that you've been inspired to do i mean I've, I've always been sort of a generous guy but as far as looking at that i mean you know it's pretty clear. You see someone standing in front of you and they have a sign that says help. And people are saying, well, God, show me a sign. And here's the guy that's like, hey, help me. And uh, I think the sign we saw with uh, that lady was a lady in a baby carriage and she had no money. And she was either a really good actor or she really needed it. But either way, she earned it. So I went out and gave her something. And then that other lady we saw trying to get the old lady kind of get caught in the trolley path. And you were like, hey, what's going on? And I was like, wait a minute, this lady's stuck. And she was like, oh, sonny. Well, I mean, I think that goes back to one of the things that um, I mean. That was a huge lesson that I learned just from spending time with you is is kind of paying attention to those those invaluable or those invisible or whatever you call them earlier from Joel Osteen, those people, and just making sure that that you're giving back to them. Uh, do you know who Chad Goldwasser is? You ever met him or spoke spoke to him? No. He's he's a cool dude in Texas, and uh, he talked about you know he talked about the idea of having ten thousand watt positive energy. And to give that energy, not just to your team, to your clients, to the people you work with, your family, whatever, but to every single person that you come across during your day, whether it's the guy bagging your groceries or the little old lady cross. I mean, literally, Derek Lipsky freaking walks a little old lady across tracks downtown Salt Lake. I mean, that's something you like people make up on Facebook, right? But like, I literally watched you do it. And I mean, why? Like, what inspires you to do that? Dude, I don't know. I, God put that, let me notice that person. Because normally, you know, I'm not the guy who's going around helping everybody. I try to help anybody if I can. But I'll tell you a, a quick story that happened just recently. Um, and I wasn't going to share this with you or anybody, but I figured it, it kind of maybe it helped somebody else. Um, about three months ago, I sold a condo. Um, and in this condo, uh, the lady was a single woman. She needed help cleaning it out. So I got up there and helped her clean some of the stuff out in the attic. And one of the things she was cleaning out was um, a laundry basket full of Christmas ornaments, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, let's just throw it away. I go, well, you don't need to throw this away. And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to toss it. End of the day, I ended up keeping it and putting it in the garage. Coincidentally, I was selling a free family for another family. And the woman, one of the women that lived there, her daughter used to date the kid that lived at this condo. He died unexpectedly. And they have a kid together. Um, and I sold the three family. She goes, Derek, just by the way, this is, this, I swear, this has happened. It's the weirdest thing. You wonder, like, why you're in places at certain times. She goes, when you cleaned that condo out and you sold that condo for that girl, did you 
haven't seen a Christmas one. And I said, uh, I may have. What were you looking for? She's like, well, this is the first year without her dad. She's only six years old and her dad died and he was only 28 years old. And there's some really important ornaments there. And, um, you know, we really like to have them back. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll look. I don't know. And um, I went back to the garage. I, I forgot about it at the time. I went back to my garage and I saw them. And then yesterday I brought them to her. And you should have seen the look on their face, Colton. Six-year-old girl, her dad only died three months ago. This is me, the first day without a dad. But they had a lot of dad and daughter first Christmas stuff. And they just started crying. It was like, man, it's tough to see that. You know what I mean? There's no reward in it. There's no money in it. I wasn't going to tell you because I was going to be between me and God, just something that I did. But it, it's just weird that people get put in places in certain ways. And you're like, I don't know what, why it makes sense, why I'm doing this. Or why would I take someone's trash? Like, why would I keep that? Like, they, they probably only cost 15 bucks worth of ornaments. But I was like, for some reason, I was like, I'm just going to hold on to this. And I took it personally home, um, which was weird. And then I just gave it to her. And now I know why. I had that feeling I wanted to do that. So what 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 do you? That's that's a pretty empowering story. What what do you think has allowed you to just kind of listen to those little, Derek, do this? You know what I mean? Because very easily you could have heard that and say, "Hey, Derek, keep these ornaments," and you could have just walked away and threw them away. Like, I mean, I'm talking my house, dude. As soon as I get something, I'm throwing it away already. I didn't hold nothing, dude. I certainly don't hold out this junk. And uh, I held on to that for, for whatever reason. It wasn't a voice, wasn't there? Just something that said hold on to this and uh and i gave it to her i saw that girl's face you know six-year-old and just kind of like you know she didn't swell up or anything cry but just she kind of was holding her chin a little shaking a little bit and then the mother was really like thanks a lot you know it means a lot to us and i was like yeah no problem i walked out of there and you know again i didn't want anything for it i just after i left her i felt really good and i just said now i know why you want me to do that god i don't know i had to go for time couldn't figure it out but now i'm like wow that was it was, you know, it's Christmas time and it's the first year. It's really just, it's, it's even tough to even tell you story. It's tough to really hear it, you know? That's, that's pretty powerful, man. When you think about it, it's an amazing story. So let's, let's, let's break into a little bit of, of prospecting. Let's talk about, cause I mean, you are one of North America's top expired prospecting agents right here, Derek Lipsky. Tell us what is the secret to calling expires into really just being consistent with them or even prospecting in general and, and keeping that positive mindset while you're doing it. Okay. So number one, the money is number one. Like you're like, Hey, I got to make money. I got to pay my bills. Number two um, is you have to set a, you have to set a schedule every day. Like you need to have your things done. Like you need to be calm between eight and 12. I don't care what that is. And I don't care what else you do for the rest of the day, but that four hour block is your time to make money. Um, if, and, and don't do what I did. Like I remember originally, Perry's like, when you prospect, don't ever interrupt it for nothing. No appointments. Turn your phone off. Listen, if you call somebody and they said, I need you to come down now, you hang up the phone and go down there. Or if someone says, come tomorrow at nine o'clock, oh, that's my prospecting time. No, I used to do that. I lost listings. You get off like tomorrow nine o'clock, no problem. But whatever you erase, you 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 know whatever you erase, you replace. So you go back and just make the calls later. Um, but as far as when the prospect, you have to have thick skin and you have to get a good trainer. Right, someone's got to coach you through this. That's been through the path, and you have to get what me and you call your own voice. Like it's nice to repeat stuff. That's the that's the very beginning levels of this, where you're just being a parrot and you're trying to set people up to say this, and you can kind of close them with this. The next level is thinking of your own stuff and really listening to them. Right? It's not it's not a interrogation. It's a conversation. You try to keep this thing moving so that people feel comfortable, and it's hard to do because you have to listen to somebody, take their answer agree to it affirm it and then give them a different app a different way to go that moves you forward in the conversation right so that's a that's a really important part of it it's a hard skill to learn you need someone who's very experienced at that who can 
hone in on what's going on with you wrong. How do we fix it? How do I make you sharper? And how do I get that X factor, right? The Derek factor, the Colton factor, whatever that factor is in you to come out and be who you're supposed to be, right? Don't copy anybody. It's nice to start with that. But you, what makes you special is what God put in you. Like you're special because you have a way to talk to people. You just have to learn to be comfortable doing it. Well, and that's what's funny. You bring up, uh, you know, scripts. How many times do you hear agents saying scripts aren't for me? Well, really, all of us, if you understand linguistic patterns, neurolinguistics, we all are reading a fucking script one way or another. And the reality is, is how can you just reprogram your script to something that's more powerful, right? And it's, it's how many times have you heard on my FISBO videos? I say, you know, hey, is that because you hate realtors or what is it, right? Like that is something I say a lot of. I didn't fucking come up with it. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't come up with that. I learned it from one of my mentors, Bob Leffler, right? And anything that I have is a mix of everyone that I've learned with and mentored with and trained with, and then I've developed my nest, my Colton, my, my that inner game, that person that you're talking about, right? Much, so what are some tips on... How much is your commission? I charge 100%, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is something I definitely came up with on myself. Use that line too, yeah. hey, Half the time when I say shit like that, it's just like I just come up with crap off the top of my head, though, that, like, doesn't make any sense. Or, like, you know what one of my favorites is? Maybe that's what we should do is let's spend some time talking about, about some of our favorite lines. Let's do that, right? Well, so – I just developed one yesterday, and I, and I heard it on a movie, and it's, I don't know how I'm going to use it yet, but I'll read it to you. It says – and I figured this is the way you'd be talking to a buyer trying to get them to make an offer. It says, if you wait until the deal makes sense to everybody else – you will be waiting in line behind everybody else. I was like, that's a nice play on the words. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Well, he, like, what do you think? What do you think? By the time you, they say yes, you're going to be waiting in line behind everybody else, making trying to get the deal. You know what I mean? So I, I, I hear oh, yeah. movies. I write them down or I hear them on Facebook. I write them down and I go, that's kind of cool. How can I, how can I tweak that? You know? One of, one of my favorites is with a buyer is, Hey, if you have to sleep on it, there's a good chance you're not going to be sleeping in it. You know what I'm saying? And then they kind of, it kind of makes them laugh a little bit. And then I'm like, you know, it's, it is kind of funny, but it's, it's, it's the truth. So why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and write up an offer. Worst case scenario, you sleep on it tonight and you, and you back out tomorrow. Right. And that it's all about getting them to move forward and, and making that decision. So here, let's, let's go. What's one of your favorite lines with, with expires? Um, so my opening lines usually usually one that makes people laugh. Uh, well, they say something like, um, "I'm taking a break from the market." I'm like, "Oh, you're taking a break from all the offers?" <laughs> yeah, I've heard you say that one. That is a good one. <laughs> one of my favorites is uh, when they say, um, "Well, I mean, you're like the hundredth agent to call or whatever." And this is ask, I ask them the magic question, and they're like, "Well, I, I just I just don't see how that's going to work." You ever heard them someone say that? I don't see how that's going to work. I always say I always say something like this. I'm like, you know what? Most people don't even see how the light bulb works, and yet they flip a switch on, and it works every single day, right? So let's do this. Let's get together. Let's flip the switch, and let's get your house sold. And, and so you, that's one of my favorite lines. I don't know if you've ever used it or heard me say, but I, I love that I one. That. Yeah, no. I, I, what's another one that I, I had the other day I was using that I liked? Um... What, what about the honeymoon one? Yeah, that's a good one too. How long you been? Yeah, let's I, hear that. Do do the honeymoon use that one today i mean that's you know again all these lines it's funny if, if people always ask me if i if you know i'm sure you get the same thing because you, you get known as a script master as i do and i get sort of stereotyped of these 
these different events I go to, like, all right, you're on the scripts panel, and it's like Stump Derek, and they have a lot of people lined up with like these crazy objections, and I'm like, oh god, but you know, you just try to take them all down. Uh, what some people don't understand is that you know a line like that, right? You just use um, is used in a specific situation. Some people say, well, what do you say when someone says this? And I go, well, what is it? Well, first, some of the scenario is it a fizbo? Is it expired? Like, where are you? Are you there? Are you on the phone? Because it's good to know that there's a different way to handle each one depending on a bunch of different factors, right? You know that. Like, you wouldn't use this line mm-hmm. on that same objection on the phone if you're in person because it doesn't make sense. You're there to take them down at that point, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Ones, the honeymoon <coughs> basically, if, if no one else doesn't know the line, is if they say, well, I need to talk to my husband, I'll say, oh, okay, how long you, you guys been married? Five years. Oh, I guess the honeymoon's over. And they'll laugh and like, yeah, it's over. And I'd say, you know, that makes sense. And let, let me ask you, what's he going to say when you tell him you have a great agent who can get him top dollar in the next 35 days? What's he going to say when you tell him you set up an appointment with that person? They'll say, well, he probably doesn't believe it or he'd be excited about it. They'll say, let's do this. Let's set the appointment now for five o'clock. You talk to him tonight. After that conversation, he says, honey, it doesn't make sense to work with a realtor who can get us top dollar and get us to fly in the next 30 days. Then when I call you tomorrow, we'll cancel it. Fair enough. And they usually say yes, right? Yeah, that's a great one. I'm trying to think what other, uh, man, it feels like when I'm on the spot, I can't think of any. What's that? The commission one is good too that I use a lot where they say, what's your commission? And, that's, and that I always say, Number one, I'll lead off with sometimes with yours, which I charge 100%. Is that, is that okay? No. So I break dice with a little bit of laughter. And then I say, you know what? <clears throat> if, if I come out there and like what I have to say, are you prepared to negotiate a commission that's fair for you, fair for me, and will cause the home to sell? Well, yes. See you at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Well, think about this, too. I want to go with the idea of when they say something and, and if you handle it or not, right? I mean, talk about, too, with these guys, the difference of when to use an objection handler and when to shelf even having to deal with it. Right. So Does that make sense? Typically, the rule for that is in the beginning, if it's the first time you hit an objection, now wait until spring. If you wait until spring, that makes sense. And when the home does sell for you, where are you moving to next? Right? I shelved it. I didn't take that down. I just shelved it and kept going. If they said that maybe another time or another time, then I have to take that person down at that if I feel it's going to be an appointment. Yeah. So it's it's recognizing what part of the conversations is, and even if it's even if it's a real objection or if just they're just saying something, right? And one of the things that I've found is like it's just getting your question answered, right? You can handle almost any objection just by saying, "Hey, let me ask that question a different way," and then I will literally ask the same question over two or three times till they hear it because. The first two or three times, they just didn't hear it, right? They were so focused on trying to get me off the phone or get me out of their face. Well, Let's see. Uh, the other line they like is when they say, like, you have expired. It says, um, you're the 20th person to call me. It'd say, you know, you guys were all the same. And I'd say, well, you know, we're all, and I always play on their word a little bit. I go, we're all seeing the same thing. It's a good house. It should have sold. What do you think stopped it from selling? So I, I basically shelved that, but I also shelved it with a handler. That's sort of a, a hybrid of both on that one. Well, I think a lot of times is is recognizing you're probably going to say something stupid before you get to say something good. I mean, I can't tell how many times I've said something stupid on the phone that I'm just like, why did I say that, right? And uh, have you ever said something stupid on the phone? Uh, always. Look at <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so be okay with saying something stupid. The reality is, is if you can always come back with a question, keep the conversation going, face shift, and, and have the conversation flow and, and continually, you know, be on that call. I think that's really important to point out. Keep the conversation going. 
Well, and I think also a lot of brokers need to know, like, uh, and you get some experience, is this person bullshitting me or do they really want to sell it? Are they waiting really waiting spring for a condition? And should I back the home off and try to say, I'm going to make contact later? Or do I think they're going to be open to put it back on the market now? I mean, it, it really, that just comes with experience. You know what I mean? This guy does, because you know, you hate those ones where you call them, they say, wait in the spring, you go, okay. And then a week later, you see your buddy listed. You're like, are you kidding me? They told me they want <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Especially with expires. I think expires are probably the most challenging and, whether you can really believe them or not, right? Fizbo's to me are you wouldn't have a signing yard if you didn't want to sell it, but an expired will maybe something did really change. You know, I mean, you start to believe them, and really they're just telling you a story. What's your so you got to, I think, learn. What, what's your best line for a Fizbo when she says, "I don't need an agent." Oh shit! You got me on the spot. Okay, I can definitely understand that you don't need an agent when. Fuck, dude! You put me on the spot. I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Yeah. Well, at what point? Let me ask you this: At what point would they would they bring it up in the conversation? Um, maybe in the beginning. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you used to tell me, "Well, you put it back on them. What's the disadvantage of using an agent?" Right? You kind of throw it back. Yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, typically, if they if they bring it up in the beginning, I usually just ignore it and shelf it, right? But if they bring it up later on after I've closed a few times, and this is when you're really, really aggressive and hungry for it, I would, I would always do that. Well, what, what's the disadvantage of using an agent? I mean, let's, let's, let's say they say, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't really see the purpose of using an agent. If I do not succeed in selling in the next 30 days, I have an agent I'm going to hire. Like that's, you, you, you hear a combination of something like that, right? And, and you say, okay, well, what's the, what's, what's the drawback? of having an opinion from a powerful agent like myself now versus waiting in 30 days. And then they'll come up with something, right? Cause they don't really know what the hell they're talking about. They're just giving you stuff. And, and you always go back to what's the major drawback or what's the disadvantage or how is, how is it, how's an advantage for you to do this and, and advantage, disadvantage and drawback. Those are three, three major terms that I think you could use with those. Absolutely. Every time. So what's the major drawback of, of uh, what's the major drawback of using an agent now versus waiting? Yeah, so you just froze me a little bit, Derek. Like with them, I'm like, well, I always agree. I'm like, you know, that's again, that's good. That's the East Coast thing. You guys are total agreement. Like the East Coast, we're like, we want to fight through it. You guys are like, that's the one thing I learned from you guys, man. It's just total agreement. Like, yeah, no, I totally get it, and I'd be very something. You don't really care who sells it as long as you get the, the, your net, right? Yeah. And then once they agree to that, I'm going to go, well, let me come out and show you what I do. And I'll make the same, maybe even a bit more in this market, right? I love using that teaser. Maybe even a bit more, even after commission. I can come by today at 5 or tomorrow at 6. You know, that, that, again, that's a test close that they say, and we'll go to the next objection from there. But I love just to agree with everything they say and just fucking try to use their own language against them. One thing, too, that's really powerful with a for sale by owner, and I, I don't know if expired I wouldn't say I'm an expired expert by anything but for sale by owner I try to get that first close out really really quickly right so I'll ask you know I say hey my records indicate your house is for sale by owner is that true they say yes great how much you ask them for it uh, 350 awesome when you sell your house where you're moving to next blah 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 so let me ask if you could sell your house in the next 30 days and it made sense financially would you list your house with me I, and I know that a lot of uh, people don't like that line I, I even expect to know from when I ask that question, but it gets them to say, it gets them to, to at least get used to me closing to them, right? And surprisingly enough, like I've come across a handful of Fizbos are like, yeah, we would. Oh, great, would you make three work or five o'clock be better? And you just close them right there immediately. So close pretty quickly 
with for sale by owners just to get get that out of the way, right? Yeah. Just close very quickly for the meeting. And then it softens them up for later on when you actually really close for the appointment. Dude, when I first came here, like they had like a system for sale by owners and it was the weirdest thing. Like it was like a seven week thing you're supposed to do for a physical. I don't think KW even offers it anymore. And if I dug it up, I'd find it. But like week one, you go there, you did yourself. Week two, you go by there with like a lead paint form going, you're probably gonna need this. I'm trying to help you. Week three, you do this. I'm like, this sucks, dude. One of the things I learned about you was when you call, you're calling them like expired. You're closing them that day. And that's one of the most questions I get when people ask me about calling or physicals. Derek, do you, how long do you take? Do you nurture these guys that go, you know, fuck no, man. I'm taking them down that day. I, I try to pound them that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not to say that I don't have a follow-up system because I don't get every single one of them. I know. But more. Over the juggler, they kill every time anyway. They try. Yeah. What's the whole point of being on the phone to schedule a friggin' appointment, right? Like there's no other reason you're not calling just to, to touch base with them just to see, Hey, you're ready to fucking meet now. No, you're, Hey, who did day at three o'clock work or is five o'clock a little bit better for you? You know, I mean, that's the whole point of the conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. That was, that was, the yeah. To get over with physicals. I didn't like them until I learned that from you. I'm like, all right, I'm going after these fucking things. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I can't tell you how many times that uh, for sell by owners want to meet with you and they actually want to use an agent. They just don't mentally see how it's a benefit or they met. Here's, here's the biggest one. I can't tell me for sell by owners I've listed that they met with their friend that was an agent first and they didn't like how the numbers they were looking at with their friend. And then I'll come in and be like, Hey, yeah, I can definitely get this for you. And they're like, great, let's do it. And I'll sell it in a week and they get what they want. I get what I want and they're happy. And it's because they got bad information, right? People that are going for sell by owners, they, they, they make educated decisions. Just doesn't mean it was the right education that they got to make their decision to go for sell by owner. And when you have an agent like Derek Lipsky or myself or, you know, in the top 1% that, that know the market really well, they can be a lot more upfront, which isn't, I mean, you're not going to go, though, to an expired or a FISBO, Derek, knowingly overprice their home, right? You're going to tell them the reality of where their price is and give them the choice to hire you or not, right? You're not going to say, let's say it's worth 250 and they would hire you if you listed it at 275 right? You're not going to say, oh, great, let's do it at 275 How would you handle that? No, I, I don't. I mean, I walk away from them all the time. I mean, you know, if I go on four and I take two, it's because the other two either didn't like me or I didn't want to deal with it. I'm not going to, it's hard enough to sell the ones that we think are priced right, let alone we know overpriced, you know? That that's only comes with experience. When you're young, you just take whatever, like, ah, I'll just get a bunch of them, maybe get some buyer calls. And that's how people, like, make it okay in their brain. And I was on a panel recently with some of the KW agents, and they said that, well, if there's motivation and this is going on, and I get all that, but they're like, you know, maybe I take a listing at 400, but I take it for 500. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why? 500? I'm like, that makes no sense to me that you do that, but we think differently, you know? Yeah, I would never do that. I mean, it's just a waste of my freaking life. And, you know, you want like, you know, drone videos, and I'm like, I'm not spending money on this thing. <laughs> drone video. <laughs> I can't believe how many times I've been asked about drone videos for a $150,000 house in a place that I don't even feel comfortable driving down the street with my doors unlocked. You know what I mean? It's like, why? <laughs> I get the same kind of listening to it. If there's a drone in the sky above the house, like people start dumping shit down the toilet and come out with guns. You're like, I don't know if you're a They think it's NYPD in there for a drug press. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, this freaking cracks me up. 
there's a guy and I get a million dollar listing, I get all that stuff and that's fantastic. But honestly, for this area, it's not, for me, it's not, it's not it, you know? A month now, you're like, Derek put up all these drone videos. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably just the only reason the only reason if we ever see Derek Lipsky drone videos is because you bought a drone and you love playing around with it right so you're like I bought this thing <laughs> I buzz all the people in the office with this thing watch this oh, uh, thing go. See the... oh, no, go. Uh, oh well that's a that's an awesome drone dude <laughs> I buzz up. I, it has like blinking lights on it and stuff. I buzz all these. I buzz up. I buzz all the realtors in here with that thing. Can you? Does that get a remote control and everything? Thing? Yeah, it's like a little little remote drone. It's like a micro. Oh, dude! I gotta give me. I gotta give me one of those. Yeah. Cool, dude. Well, we've we've been on for almost an hour, so let's let's look to wrap this up. First of all, where can people connect with you if they want to send any referrals out to Eastern Massachusetts and Mr. Lipsky? Or just to connect with you and see what else you've got going on. Yeah, you can always hit me on Facebook under my name, Derek Lipsky. You guys can go to Cold Call, go on YouTube, type in Cold Call, and I pretty much own the whole front page of that. You'll see my videos. You can email me there. Uh, you can call me 508-326-5320, my cell phone, or you can email me, Derek Lipsky at gmail.com. Awesome. So anything else you want to finalize or wrap up with this interview today? Say to everyone. Uh... Listen, if I, if I could say anything to anybody here, if you're watching this video, you're a cold caller. If you know nothing else about when to call and what to call, make sure on January 1, you get in the office early and you pound the phones because I can guarantee you, you will thank me for it come March and April. Yeah, and, and you'll make a lot of money March and April, right? Because really... Get coaching, get coaching. What, yeah, that's the other thing is, and what about a dialer system? Do you use dialers? I do, I use Red X. Okay, so you're, uh, is that the storm or what's it called? I have Mojo. I mean, I have them both, actually. So I know Dave, I hooked up with okay. Dave, and uh, I know Mark over at Red X, so I use them both. And, um, you know, it's really what you want. People, you know, there's, there's, there's Red X, there's Mojo, there's Vulcan. I personally prefer uh, the Red X for the expired, so I've just used it forever. You know what I mean? It's a good system. Um, but Mojo makes a hell of a product, too. You can't take anything away from those guys. I mean, they were, they were dialer first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And personally, I, I don't uh, use Red X. I'm Mojo all the way. That's what I've used for, shoot, since 2009 or 10 or something like that. And that's the thing I use. So, guys, thanks for watching today. Make sure that you guys go check out my website, Winning the Inner Game. Get on my personal email list. Also, go to fearlessagent.com. That is something that has totally revolutionized my business. And it's right now revolutionizing real estate training at a whole nother level because it is the most – affordable coaching and training program out there number one but b it's probably the most impactful because it gives the average guy a leg up the the, the, the guy like me i mean i started with nothing I, I didn't know knowledge in sales at all and uh it was able to take me to top one percent in my marketplace also get with mojo because uh, it's a product you can't live without thanks guys we'll see you on the next one Hey everyone, did you like this episode? Well, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle. We'll see you there.